Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So 273 of the 20 Minute Tim's flagship podcast and on YouTube I am joined by Martin Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Good to be back in the hot seat. Yeah, it's good to be back. I just want to say hello to all the Huns, <laughs> ladies, guys and boys that oh, have joined us. So cancelled. Uh, We're going to be for, so, so cancelled. For episode 273 <laughs> of the 20 Minute Tim's flagship podcast. Stephen. Good afternoon. Hun, nay doesn't go out of date, but I had a hun sh- that you, you knew that already. Oh, I'm on the spot now. Just, just trying to think of one. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't take it if you've not got any. I've Look. left you hungry. Uh, <laughs> yes, you've left yeah. me hun great for more puns. Uh, now that the hunning is over, Stephen, and... We've survived it so far. Yes, we've we survived. Have. We are still gainfully employed, although... I think the numbers are going to be up on this episode. You know, the the the, sh- the sharks can smell blood in the water. The Rangers oh. fans are ferociously... The bears are ravenous. The bears are ravenous for historic archaeological tweets and offence. <laughs> and um, I, did, I was a wee bit disappointed, though, I've got to say, that none of them appear to have signed up to the Patreon. Um, There's always one or two. There's yeah. always one or two. I, I've noticed. I've Anytime noticed. a Stephen signs up to the Patreon, you're looking for that PH or the V <laughs> um, to see if you're going to be if you're going to be uncovered. Then one did sign up, but uh, I had a wee skewer and everything seems okay. Uh, uh, Campbell Mason signed signed up the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So did Argyle Cameron. <laughs> he signed up, but it all seems above board. Uh, but one person that is no longer gainfully employed, and we don't think it's down to historic tweets, is Celtic chief executive Don Mackay. Good night, sweet princess. Yes, yeah. 2021 to 2021, we barely <laughs> knew you. Melly, Stephen and I uh, recorded a reaction podcast. We were meant to do the Friday phone-in, which is a question and answer podcast we do for the patrons. Patreon.com slash 20 minute times, if you want to get involved in that every fortnight. Um, but we cancelled that because Don McKay left the job and we recorded the reaction podcast instead, but you weren't on it. You didn't give get the opportunity to give us your immediate thoughts about Don McKay leaving. So, Rewind the clock back. You first heard the news. What did you think? Yeah, I was obviously shocked. I thought once it got this transfer window, when it shut a couple of weeks ago, this is when we'd see, right, that's that over. We've got all that sorted. Yeah. Let's see what we're going to do staff-wise and this modernisation, this brave new world, as you called it, Stephen, <laughs> that Don Mackay spoke to, spoke to the fans about. And then he's gone. And it's just that first instinct you go... Right, okay, so he either wasn't very good mm-hmm. or the board don't like him. Yeah. Either way, they spent months and months tracking this guy, getting him in, bringing him in, and he's left longer than they were after him for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like Celtic are just becoming one of these clubs where you think, what's going to be next? Mm. What's going to be next? Because look... We thought once we got all these players in, we went, right, okay, that window was shambolic after everything that happened. Let's get this out the way we've got from September to January to get our ducks in order and then we can get a couple of signings in in January and hopefully have all this structure in place. And now we're set back further than we were for 
even like going back to the end of last season, all that's really changed is Ange Postacoglu's come in. Yeah. Nothing else backstage. So Stephen, obviously when Dom first left, there was right away people are trying to point the fingers of blame. Whose fault is it? And obviously the Celtic board were getting it. Dom McKay was getting it. Celtic were briefing. <clears throat> No sooner had Don McKay left the building that our phones are ringing, you know, people mm. trying to, from within the club, trying to get their side of the sto- this story across. Not that there was, they weren't backstabbing Don McKay, but they're saying, look, this is kind of what happened. I have it on good authority that um, we, the us anyway, and I'm sure other members of, quote, fan media, were actually contacted before press journalists. So we oh, really? got the briefing. Before, ITK. Yeah, the, um, before the, the guys in the, the newspapers and all that sort of stuff. So obviously that's where the pecking order lies with bad news breaks with Celtic. <laughs> now they're rushing to put the social media and Twitter <laughs> fires out um, before the guys can get to their typewriters and however you produce a newspaper column nowadays. There <laughs> 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 would be cards in their hands, you know. <laughs> like, um, they all run into phone boxes against the wall as well. They all got they yeah. hot off the press, guys. So we got, we, we got the, the steer of what was happening in the Celtic. Celtic steer was, it was just basically no working. Wrong guy, wrong movie. This this whole thing was they panning out very well. Um, obviously, there's a different train of thought that Don McKay was this forward-thinking, futuristic, had all these brilliant ideas, and the Celtic board are just a whole bunch of dinosaurs mm. that didn't... They want... had it with his maverick renegade ways. Aye, mm-hmm. basically, look, he, he, he envisaged something that like the Jetsons for Celtic... <laughs> Whereas uh, the Celtic board them all at the Flintstones, right, you know, okay. and, and that's kind of it. I've got to say, from everything I've read and heard and be told, that is not the case. That's that it's not the case that Don McKay had all these brilliant futuristic ideas and he was trying to take. I, 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 as far as I understand it, there's no hatchet job to be had on either side here. It was just a case of wasn't he really working? Perhaps Don Aye. McKay wasn't fully able to get to grips with the task at hand and key members of the Celtic backroom team and Celtic departments and people within the club started to kind of lose faith in the Don McKay thing a wee bit and it's very harsh no. it, it, it is harsh it is but we've all been in workplaces where and I think this is maybe the case for this. I'm just speculating here this is you know if I know anything I will tell you I know it in advance but I'm just speculating I wonder if maybe it was a case that people within the club kind of liked the way Peter Lawwell did things because he he managed to achieve things. The way he did it worked. It maybe wasn't the best, but it worked. And then as Don McKay comes in, it's not really working. So he's dealing with all these departments and the feedback is kind of from everybody. Very quickly, the feedback is, this guy's not seem to get it. Ooh, and when that... that picture builds up, it's very difficult to shake that reputation off, mm. especially so early. So sometimes maybe you're just best nipping it in the bud. Maybe you're better just both he's sitting down and going, this isn't working. You, you might be, like, I, I'm, I'm not privy to it at all, but Don McKay's coming in here from a rugby background mm. into this place where Peter Law's had the, the rule of the roost for how long? It's obviously going to be different. Don McKay's coming in alongside a manager and that's mm. it. No director of football, no head of scouting, no head of football operations. It's all gone and he's had to come in and sort of deal with all this. How's he going to be instantly good at everything if he's got all this to deal with? I think the problem, Stephen, is um, there was there was definite conflict I've heard over the director of football thing. Um, Don McKay wanted to bring in a director of football, as far as I've heard, and there was resistance to that. <laughs> well, you, yeah, but that, and this yeah. is what I'll say, right? It, look, I'm, there's going to be a lot of dick advocating on here. Yeah, I, I would rather our listeners get angry at the facts and got like as big a picture as we can paint, right? That could be... Not that the board don't want a director of football, but by the time Don McKay starts putting forward ideas for director of football, they already think, well, no, you're director of football because you're, you're no the guy, so why would we implement anything that you really want because we don't trust you anyway, Stephen? Do you understand that dynamic, you know? Can I just say before we go any further how utterly exhausted I am by this entire subject? See, this, mm. to be sitting here in September talking yeah. about the structure oh, of the sure. club again. <laughs> no. we, we just about got through the summer without boring each other to absolute tears, <laughs> talking about directors of football and CEOs and modernising and world-class this and of the future of that. And to be sitting here weeks into the season and we're starting all over again, I'm utterly exhausted and bored of the subject. Yeah. But the what, what I'm left with here is 
a choice of two things, and we'll, we'll get into all the speculation. And and I'm glad you said look, we're only we're only speculating here. We do hear things on occasion, but the, the thing is that like, people kind of jump on you and say, "Well, only deal with the facts." And I'm just kind of like, "Well, no, it's clean a fans podcast, aye, clean shirts out there. Aye. Jump on you and expect you to be like, like we're not Reuters. <laughs> expect Mate. us to be Reuters. We are three guys." In the figurative pub, talking about the club we follow, right? Uh, we reserve the right to speculate on things because, you know, that's part of being a football fan. But what I'm left with is two things, and, and we'll discuss the various merits of that. Either one, as you say, either Don McKay was just just too damn good, just too mm. much of a maverick renegade for these fusty old dinosaurs, and he couldn't get his brilliant ideas through, or... It just didn't work. He wasn't good enough for the role and no one was particularly impressed with him. However, both of those forks, both of those lines lead to the board appointed them in the first place, yep, presumably after an exhaustive search for the best candidate for the role. Yeah, but there's also a scenario, a third scenario, where both of those things are correct, right? Yeah, that's so, true. And yeah. that scenario is probably what I think is quite likely, is that Celtic think so insularly that they want things done a certain way. So they want things done, let's call it the Peter Lowell way, right? <laughs> Just and, a name for it off the top yeah. of our heads, yeah. And externally, right, things, people from the outside look at Celtic and go, well, this needs to change. But inside Celtic think, well, no, because what we've done is, is right and why would we change? So the guy comes in, so Don McKay comes in, he's no, I mean, all the talk about, you know, interference and transfers and Gordon Strack, and we'll get to the, the, the minutiae of it. But Don McKay comes in, doesn't really win anybody over, doesn't really have any ideas that they're buying into and they sort of lose confidence in the guy. But maybe what is needed is an entire clear out and brand yeah. new thinking entirely. Yeah. So yeah. within the four walls of Celtic Park, it all makes sense to them where we don't really buy into your ideas, Dom, and it doesn't work for us and we don't really have confidence in you. But if you just open the doors and let other people see a different result but that's not to say Don McKay was the guy to do that no. I'm just saying externally looking in maybe the whole thing needs to change the whole dynamic inside Celtic Park needs to change I think it probably does but see see if that's correct why bring in Don McKay then why not promote from a fan or bring in somebody that well, I think already a there people... that you want, you want because if it's going to be if somebody comes in and whether McKay was good or bad it doesn't sound like they're willing to take on his ideas. So does that point to maybe does that point to maybe a board who are looking to take on new ideas, but maybe Don McKay was just the wrong guy? Maybe well, because this was going to be my point on the director of football. See, when you said about Don McKay was wanting to bring in this director of football and the Celtic board thinking oh, we want to go down this route. Mm. Looking historically at the Celtic board and looking at Don McKay, Don McKay spoke about Brentford, Seville. Mitchell and looking at these teams apparently mm. went and looked at Salzburg who did the board bring in to help out Gordon Strachan <laughs> yeah. so I'm looking at that going maybe he's wanting somebody that could maybe take things away from the way the board are wanting to go and they're just wanting well, to go I to have the tried heard and that Don McKay felt undermined by Gordon Strachan I have heard that I heard that Don McKay went down one path with recruiting that particular role and spoke to some other people about getting that role and then Gordon Strachan turns up in that role and he felt undermined by it. Now, again, Stephen, we discussed this in the reaction. Yeah. Undermining can happen two ways. It can be, we don't have enough confidence in you, so we're going to start making the decisions for you. Don't like how you're pointing to me when you're yes. saying that. Melly, I'm going to bleed. We don't have enough confidence in you, so we're going to undermine you. For the good of the business, this guy needs undermined. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a much of a leap to arrive at he felt undermined by Gordon Strachan here because he's on record as saying Gordon Strachan isn't coming back to the club or, yeah. or at least he wasn't in the plans remember he was asked for the director of football role, yeah, yeah yeah I think he, he was asked bluntly if Gordon mm. Strachan was in the frame for that job and fair enough he isn't yet he isn't in that role yet but he has come in in some yet sort of being yeah. very important yet, a I mean, big old yet in the middle yeah but Gordon Strachan a matter of weeks later was in in some sort of strange Unknown role that yeah. very few people understood. I think there was there was a little bit of you know kind of open arms to him, but saying like he's a right good football man, all that kind of stuff. He's got huge experience in the game, all, all that kind of stuff. So a few people did welcome him in, but many many eyebrows. Let's say Dermot's lots of up, eyebrows. Dermot's man at Lennox Town. That's I think what Gordon Strachan was. Yeah, and I don't the, think the Colombo, the one we joked about on the Patreon <laughs> podcast. I think that probably wasn't a million miles away just from grass, accurate. Just grassing everyone in yeah. for this, uh, spending far too much behind the scenes here. But I, I, in summary, I don't think it's it's too much of a leap to say. Look, he's been slightly embarrassed by that in public mm. by saying Gordon Strachan isn't in the plans, and he didn't even say he didn't even do the. 
oh, you know, Gordon Strachan's one of a number of people we have a lot of respect yeah. for, blah, blah, blah. He just said, no, 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 that's not in the immediate plans. And about two weeks later, that's when the, the ball started rolling on this this role that Gordon Strachan was getting. So that, I mean, perception is everything in this. When you're, we're talking about someone being undermined, that doesn't look good in public no. at all. See, the, the whole Eddie Howe thing as well, although we're happy with Ange and all that, but I remember saying at the time, the Celtic board and look, the negotiations were started just before Don McKay was in the door. He was he wasn't even in his wee consultancy hanging, I think, when this had started. And I said the Celtic board couldn't convince the unemployed former Bournemouth manager that we were the club for him to take forward. Now you're looking at it going, Well, all that's happened since then is a manager's come in and Don McKay's come in and Don McKay's now left because he can't work with within this board mm. one way or the other. So yeah. even if Mackay's not good, but something's not working within that. Something very, very wrong with this club that is happening time and time again here. There's, um, there's also the issue of managers. Now, Ange Postacoglu was brought in. There was obviously obvious links to the City Group through Ange and previous contacts that Celtic have had at board level and, you know, extenuating out from that. Uh, the rumours now that I am... Ange was brought in not so much he wasn't so much a Don Mackay appointment which was which mm. we got wind of at the time and it's precisely why we asked Don Mackay at the fans press conference is Ange Postacoglu 100% your man absolutely yep I hired him that, that's me because we got wind at the time that that, that wasn't Don wanted to go another way but yeah. this was a, this was a, an appointment brought in by the likes of Peter Law and I thought Ange's comments were quite interesting after the game when he said you know we need to be careful about the narrative about who brought me to this club and that to me seemed like a clear signal to say, you know, I wasn't hired. I'm no Don McKay's man. I wasn't hired by him. See, to be fair to Don McKay here, see, at the time when we, we were going for Eddie Howe, most people were delighted with that. Thought, that is exactly the way we should be going. Mm. See, when it came out, Ange Postacoglu, I mean, you said on the Reaction podcast, never heard of him. Mm. And I, I was the same. So if you're Don McKay coming into this new role, surely you want a, an easy win, come in, get get Eddie Howe in and that's a big one that's you 1-0 mm. to you and you can go on for there going for Eddie Howe to Ange Postacoglu no matter how much I love Ange now who I think he's the right man for the job it was pretty crazy going from yeah, that yeah. to that it was so extreme and you're having to look into this guy and look love what you see now but back then you're going ah, Don McKay coming in with this guy from Australia that that's a big one so if Don McKay if it's not his appointment then from his very first couple of days he's getting undermined again but if you look at it Stephen we're talking about easy wins and that's one thing that I'd said about Dom you know I said I wasn't particularly impressed with Dom mm. McKay I said I didn't think he'd be about long I was pretty surprised at the lack of easy wins if you know this isn't a hatchet job in Dom McKay we're just discussing frankly yeah. and openly what how his, his tenure went and I would I would ask anyone to point to one thing that Dom McKay did that would suggest that he was this evolving force that was going to turn turn the club around I mean he only had 12 weeks but you know it's still three months to make an impression 12, 12 players brought in who yeah, all look like they're going, going to be first team players but also but, but I think on the players we need to be aware now that it's come out that Don McKay you know help was drafted in for Dom apparently to oh, get these course, deals done there had to be but because there's no director of football there's nothing no head of recruitment nothing to do with that it wasn't, it wasn't to do with that it was to do with the fact that Dom struggled to get deals done struggled to navigate the transfer market struggled to navigate negotiations with other clubs all these things should there not be somebody there to do that but uh, coming in as a CEO is that a CEO's job I, yeah. I don't think it is I, I think, think it was expected of him to be able to handle I think uh, what, what I'm saying is without trying to unpick the, the role itself what I'm saying is Parts of the job that he was expected to be able to do, the meat and the potatoes of his job, some of it he was rumoured to be struggling with, hence why other people were drafted into a, a system with it. It's not a case of should he be doing this, would he be doing it? It's a case of the meat and potatoes of his job, he was struggling with the transfer side of things. And and to me, I'm not discounting everything he's done, this is just the rumours that are coming out now, yeah, and the stories yeah. that are coming out, and people might not like to hear it, but it's just what's out there. It, I would point, you know, point to one thing in the twelve weeks that he done. There was no big win. It was what I was banging on about for ages. Where's the big wins? Where's Aye. the where is? Maybe I, a director I, I, of football I'm, could have been that if yeah. they'd, if they'd appointed a few more people because we had a podcast out the title of which was "Where's the rest of it?" Because mm. remember, Ange Postecoglou mm. came in, Dom, so Dom McKay. We were left thinking, right, okay, that's a start, but where where's the rest of it? We we need to keep 
keep improving. We need to keep you know, modernising all that all the stuff we were hearing at God, the time. If I hear the word modernising, <laughs> exactly. One more time. I, as I said, I'm so I'm so tired of this subject. It's unbelievable. I thought it was wrapped up. I thought we were, could just concentrate on the football, but here Think we are. Yeah. <laughs> Mid September, we're we're talking about this stuff again. It's it's honestly incredible. But maybe a director of football would have signified something. I just I have to wonder though. Just how bad it was in such a short space of time that all this Jock Brown lasted over the season. <laughs> I, know, I don't think it was. I don't think yeah. it was. An, I don't think it was like he's running about falling out every day. It's absolutely terrible. I just think it was a distinct lack. I think, or, or rather, I've heard as well, which has formed my pet help for my opinion on this. That within a couple of weeks, the higher ups, aka Dermot Desmond mm-hmm. and, and some others within the club, weren't particularly impressed with this guy again that's my that's my point though like, yeah. what, what were they expecting in this short space of time mm-hmm. for a guy that they headhunted they specifically Came earmarked from well, a role back uh, well I think a couple of people I think he, one name I've heard is I think Ian Bank here really went to bat for this guy right um, and he more or less staked his reputation on Dom saying look this is the guy Josh McKinley that, did he <laughs> yeah. Jesus and as a result of that I think we're going to see Ian Bank here maybe out of a job within the next 12 weeks as well there'll be mm. a change there um, whether or not that's Peter Lowell takes that chairman's role is another story Gordon Strachan probably Gordon Strachan just hanging about Lennon, uh, who, any one of these just guys. hanging about waiting to pick up whatever job's going at the club so I think I think Dermot Desmond had to be charmed on the Dom McKay thing I right. think he was always sceptical and I think other departments became more and more sceptical and I think a frank conversation was had where they both just went, it's not working, is it? I, I don't think there's any... I mean, as much as people want there to be like a big juicy fallout or, you know, this narrative that the board are all dinosaurs and they don't understand modern football and we understand it better than them and Don McKay understood it better. I, I mean, that might be true. I just don't... There's nothing coming out of the ether to suggest that. It's a good story and yeah. it's what people want to hear right now about the Celtic board. It's an inside not, job. Aye, there's just yeah. nothing coming out. No, I'm not. I mean, we hear things. We see, you, even when you read things on Twitter and newspaper reports, Alison McConnell's quite close to it. Steve McGowan's quite close to it. He was on Graham Spears's podcast recently. All these things you're listening to, none of that that narrative just doesn't really exist out there. One thing you can garner from it though is our Celtic to answer, which is you know yeah. a, a question we've asked. And to why does Dermot Desmond have so much power? He only owns thirty percent of this yeah. company. Yeah, he's not Roman Abramovich or something. Like that. I know uh, he doesn't have really an official job or anything like that at the club, but yet he seems to just be this overlord yeah. hanging over everything. So uh, that is, I, I can't look. He's a deeply unpopular figure these days, Dermot mm. Desmond, with certain people. I mean, a, a lot of people just know see, hear anything bad said about the board or, yeah. or Dermot Desmond, which is fine. But a few and far between, but these uh, days, yeah, yeah I, I think it's I think it's reasonable to say that he's not a particularly popular figure. So I think people will automatically see whatever they think of Don McKay, they'll use this as an excuse to have a go at the board mm. anyway, but regardless of how Don McKay did. But I mean, that, that's not me saying anyone's wrong here because I've already explained here that my position on it is, well, A or B, the board have made a key Mention. error here anyway. Yeah, they have, yeah. The, the, I, only yeah. Reason, the only reason we're talking about this so much on what is generally a football podcast is because you know, this all filters down ultimately. Celtic can't stop fucking <laughs> Zero days since our last nonsense, basically. Zero days since Celtic's last nonsense. We're, we're talking about this and obviously we're a couple of days on from it now and our reaction, I was talking about how like, my, my immediate reaction is to fear for like Savage Postacoglu. Now, yeah. it, it might turn out that you know, he just wasn't Don McKay's guy and that's been a little bit of spin on it to make them both look good, a, a united front for, yeah. for the media and fan media. I'm encouraged by suggestions that he's not he wasn't a Don McKay appointment though because if he was I would start to worry well that's the manager's support system just yeah. been pulled out from under yeah. him who's who's his guy now at the, at the club so hopefully it's not it's not, not as simple as that And uh, that's again that speculation but we're hoping 100%, that's the case it's 100% so. speculation I just need to hope that Postacoglu does have people that are behind them that are supporting him through this through this time through mm, this role because he, sure. he definitely needs it he's doing absolutely everything just knowing that that's why I go back to this director of football thing that has completely died a death we got a wee bit See, of it during the transfer window when he said we'll address that after the window but there was even stuff during the window about how Postacoglu was basically doing the, the bulk of the scouting himself he's yeah. just sitting watching videos and players so the guy's just basically running the club himself and with he Desmond. said things like that at his post-match it's like I'm here to build a club I mean yeah. it, it's in one way you I mean you're quite thankful for a manager like Ange Postacoglu who sees this as a project and is quite willing to get his uh, hands dirty and roll his hands up because other managers you say, you could, say, could be sitting here going on that agent get me to fucking yeah, yeah. get me you say here. that but how many jobs in Ange Postacoglu's career has just walked out on because things aren't going his way yeah. so 
if he does go, this is the whole problem of not having a structure. We're going to be back to well, back past square one, uh, square yeah. zero with Jack us Ross because there's, him on the there's phone. nobody. Well, I think that's what it needs. I think we need square zero. There's no doubt now that the board, and I don't even know who's on the board at Celtic. I couldn't even name them. I don't really I pay found attention. found a couple of names over yeah. the last couple of days. I don't pay attention to the suits that, that really run the club. But the beaks. The beaks. The, <laughs> the, they need an executive, whoever that executive hierarchy at Celtic is, really needs cleared out. And I've and people have been saying, you know, people that sort of know these things um, on other podcasts have been saying that's basically what's going to happen. You know, yeah. that it's that there's going to be a clear out. Ian Bankier's going to go. The non-executive directors are going to go. Oh, but, does but, Desmond stay then? Or do, what well, I think Desmond does stay, but you'll probably end up with Ross Desmond on the board, his son, in some capacity. But I suppose we'll find out over time. But my point, just let me make the point. Let me put a wee right, button cool. on it. The, the point I was making was we are back to square negative zero. Yeah. We, and, and we've got a January transfer window coming up and, and we need to do business there. And Ange presumably has got a couple of targets from Japan lined up that he wants to bring in. There's all all, all this can he... Can, the, the 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 BS can he continue? You know, the, 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 Forty million pound possibly yeah. riding on this. If you win the league, you go straight into the Champions it League. It should be really simple. You're making an arse of running our club. You're making <laughs> you're that it's really that you're making an arse of running our club. You made an arse of it last year. You've started to make an arse of it this year. That's it's that simple. You, they need to get their act together in there because it's it, from watching for the outside, it's no good enough. And f- fans are a wee bit pissed off with it, and it's not just a case of. You're pissed off because you lost the league. You're pissed off because the the shenanigans just roll on week after week after week. And it doesn't matter if Don McKay was a bad fit or he didn't like the cut his jib or he turned up late for his work or he didn't know what he was doing. It's your fault you hired him. Yeah. And, and you had enough time to figure out whether or not. And if it's a case of one guy went to bat, that's not how a, that's not how a yeah. club should work. It shouldn't be everyone behind the scenes is unsure, but he's got a pal in the boardroom and that's who gets yeah. him the job. Like... What's going on? Heard the word jibs so often this oh, weekend. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, it wasn't Charlie Mulgrew. I don't think it was Charlie Mulgrew. <laughs> it wasn't. He has he has since confirmed and he yeah. released a parody mm. uh, recording of it in which he spoke about a, a big bag of jibs everywhere or something yeah. like that. But again, I, do you know what a jib is? No idea. I think it's a sailing thing, which right. is quite apt for Tom McKay. I think a jib is a one of the sails on a sailboat. I think it might be the front one. Education. Mm, on the is that where the cut his jib comes from? Yeah, I believe so. Mm. There we are. That, that is a jib. There yeah, we are. <laughs> Somebody in the comments, the YouTube comments below, let me know. But I'm pretty sure cut your jib is a sailing thing. But, I, the reason I'm, uh, I keep coming back to the football stuff because again, it may just seem like we're, we're sitting here just talking it's, about it's suits. It's going to suffer. Yeah, that, that, we're sitting here talking about suits, and ultimately another suit will come in and fill this role, and, and things will just keep rolling. Ultimately, that, that's what will happen eventually. But I just, I'm worried about how you know how many times last season did we say, look. We're no experts here, but we've been around football a long time. We How often experts. does this turn around? How often does it? Experts. I was trying to be modest, but I was just looking at that last season and thinking, How often does this turn around? Like yeah. The state we're in just now, how often does that turn around? And it's nowhere near that level. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is, how often do basket case clubs behind the scenes? Yeah, work through it and just become successful on the pitch. Eventually, that filters through and and just starts permeating everything. The triangular stale set forward of the mast. So there we are. <laughs> uh, that is that is a gem. Uh, have Celtic acted decisively here though, and bringing an end to this twelve weeks in rather than letting it trundle down the road? It depends on the context. How it I went. Uh, that's the whole problem. I, I suppose time will tell. We'll get to find out soon enough if if we go out and appoint a director of football and appoint this and that but you you really start to think right okay so this is the middle of September this isn't going to be sorted in a month no it's not going to be no. sorted in two months and we're still no further forward in all this and January is going to be massive again because even though we signed 12 players we are still very short and if Celtic suffer a couple of injuries look at the state of the bench at the weekend yeah. with a few right. injuries we are still woefully short soon Andrew's spoken about, well, he's happy with his coaches, but he maybe needs some people in the background. Jack Naylor, the head of sports science, left in July or something, still not being replaced. All these things have to be addressed. Yeah. And that's not to say that Lennox Town could be improved. Everything, there's all this stuff to do that we thought, Don McKay will come in and we're talking all this. At least he was talking the game. There's nobody there to talk that's the, the game pr- now. That's the problem. With every week that goes on, these improvements that need made are, are not being made and yeah. we thought right okay CEO comes in Don McKay top guy for the job and obviously Michael Nicholson stepped into the role remains to be seen whether or not he's going to remain in place uh, just honestly struggling to 
struggling to drum up any anger about that at all. I, I, you know, I, 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 I honestly, I don't I forget, know who he is. I know, I know. It's, I, I'm struggling to really care about whether or not it's Michael Nicholson or some other uh, suit that occupies the role. But Stephen, the point is, and the worry is not the point, but the worry here is that the longer this trundles on, the less likely we are to get this ship righted. Now, we could go theory if it's going to have one season, right? where things don't go Celtic's way and it's a season of transition, it's this one. But it cannot rumble into next season. Look, we can still be trying to rebuild come January and new CEO and blah, blah, blah and new backroom staff and, new, and all this and everything else is put on ice until we've got this sorted. If we, if we accept a, a season of transition, absolutely fine. I think broadly, we talk a lot about how you need to win every game, you need to win the league or else it's nothing or else it's failure, right? Okay, but I think some more reasonable people among us, I can only speak for myself, thinks that, right, of course I desperately want to win the league this season, but the damage that was done, we've spoken about this before, the damage that was done in the last couple of years takes time to fix, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so yeah. so that's the, that's the position I'm in. So I accept that this season might be one of huge transition, but don't torpedo the thing within <laughs> a month of it starting. Don't just completely, yeah. don't completely shoot ourselves in the foot Is this already. the transition of the transition? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're transitioning away from the transition already. The so. to transmission. <laughs> 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 terrific, terrific stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, again, I don't want to be talking about stuff like no. this in September. I really don't, but we're, we're forced to again. And it's just, it's so annoying. It's just... Uh, Nothing to do with Peter Lowell, apparently. Again, that's what I've right. heard. You know, there's these rumours that like Peter Lowell was in this and working people for the back. It's always going to happen. Uh, apparently, it's, it's nothing to do with Peter Lowell. He's not involved. He's barely answering his phone to Celtic. Um, I have heard contrary rumours, though, that he was drafted into assist with transfers. So what... The, see the, the Peter Law thing as well. Yeah. Look, see if he was to be believed, he micromanaged absolutely everything. Mm. Would it not kind of take more than one man or one person to do his job? Yeah. Surely, if he's doing everything within the club, you need well, Dom McKay. Ford left Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> you need other. You need other people in because if he is doing everything, how does Dom McKay come in and instantly know how to do everything? Especially when Peter Law, what was that month's transition or whatever? Yeah. Then he wasn't be seen again. So. But I, I don't think the issue is like on the job learning. I, I think the issue is generally no getting it. You know what I mean? Like if if he got it. And people were saying, like, we could, we could, you know, help him out. Oh, he does this. He does this. I just think the whole issue was a complete lack of confidence in the appointment. Now, I'm happy to believe that, that maybe Don McKay wasn't very good at this, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm looking at the board and look at the evidence of last season, yeah. I'm going, I can't really yeah. put that. Because what's that, what the proposition, in, uh, what you're, I think what you're saying is the proposition we've got here is the board are saying, trust us, <laughs> this guy's not up too much. <laughs> and we're looking at the board going, What's your shit? That, that's what's happening. After one, they told us to trust us last uh, season. Yeah, we yeah. ended up twenty five points. What behind? was going on behind the scenes here? Do you think the board, think Ian Bankier, was like his first couple of days sending uh, Don McKay for a long stand and a, a bucket of tartan paint and stuff like that, <laughs> a box of blue sparks and all that? I They'd think it was like within like three weeks, Dom sticking his head in the office. He's going, John, random employee, uh, where do we keep the paper? And John's like, I don't know, mate. <laughs> it's just I need to, I need to get this contract faxed over to. Oh, can I tell you I don't deal with paper, you'll need to speak to HR. And he's just like slowly backing out the room and it was like he was getting so he's going into the canteen for his lunch and he's sitting down at tables and like people are just leaving Aye. with half full plates and he's just sat there himself. Like And I think it was kinda like that. Aye. See the another thing that sprung to my mind today was remember, was it the was it the soppy deal, the right back that yeah. Celtic had used intermediaries, intermediaries and they yeah. weren't happy with that? And he like, said there was too many people involved in it, which again comes back to the who, the who Don McKay struggling to get deals in and people or, are going or maybe it's like, they're using somebody else because apparently it wasn't Don McKay that went over to they sent somebody over from England and that well yeah because there was um, a story in the Athletic uh, which obviously came from speaking to football agents that said there was confusion about who to contact at Celtic over transfers and it just and again it just speaks to me of a complete lack of confidence in the guy you know and you, look you're no, de- you're no defending what's going on at Celtic insofar as yeah, oh, it's all rosy and it's all great. I but try to look at it from both angles. But part but of me now is thinking, what if Don McKay was left his own? What just think for a moment that Don McKay, right, wasn't actually very good at what he was doing. He, he was out out of his depth or just in the wrong movie or maybe it was the wrong fit for him. Think for a moment what would happen if he was just left it. 
And how the transfer window might have went. I know, there's agents out there trying to email the, the information they've been given. It's like Dom Rugby Hotshot at yeah. yahoo.co.uk yeah. at com. Are you sure? It's, it, there was, you know, again, it's all it's all retrospective. We discussed some of it on podcasts and in the Discord and all that, but even stuff during the transfer window, we were hearing that phrases like, he's too nice. You know, Dom, he's too nice for these, tra- he's not like cutthroat enough. And, one of the things we discussed when he first came in was we, we did on this podcast discuss that, you know, the difficulty with having a guy who's not in the, the world of football is Peter Law could pick the phone up to Rod Petrie and get a deal done for a Hibs player. That Rod Petrie's a bad example. Peter could pick the phone up to Rod Petrie and not get a deal done <laughs> yeah. for, a, for a Hibs player. But, you know, like he'd pick the phone up and he'd have a relationship and he had the contact book of people in football and he knew who to phone to get this and that and these these deals done. And Don McKay was basically starting from scratch. It's almost like, it's almost like if Don McKay probably needed a year in the job, as you're saying, but they just, he didn't, have that foundation of trust maybe Peter Law's went like they're all hounding me out there I'm getting protests I'm going to show them I'm going to get a shite guy in and then we'll see how they <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a guy who's going to turn up for his first day at work with a blue suit on as well he never recovered for that moment by, by what it looks like it was Ian Bankier and Peter Law that really went yeah. for Don McKay and but what does that tell you this is Peter Law the same guy that brought Neil Lennon back yeah. you know Peter, his, his, his judgement must be way off his judgment must be way off. If you, if Peter Law can't have anything to do with Celtic anymore, because if he's responsible for Neil Lennon and he's responsible for Don McKay, then you've lost it. Your judgment's but gone. He's, he's yeah. clearly not going to be responsible because he had to get the whole board to agree to these appointments, yeah. didn't he? So whether it's Peter Law or the guys in there, change has to happen now because we cannot continue with this archaic view. Even if, like what Stephen said, either way. This is on the board yeah, again. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's nobody else to blame. And it's not one of this, like, sort of figures that exist in the ether that you just blame everything on the board. There's a direct line here from a bad appointment, which is a bad appointment, directly to the board. We even spoke to guys from the world of rugby who said, this guy's a classy operator. Was it Rob Robertson said, yeah. look, he's classy operator, good at PR, all that sort of stuff. And maybe, you- didn't have the, maybe, you know, maybe you need to be a classy operator. You need to be a high something individual one of these guys that was really good at doing jobs Stephen I can't remember <laughs> can't remember the, the exact word a high functioning yes. individual maybe you also need a big set of stones to do that job and maybe <sighs> an unpleasant image yeah cojones maybe, you maybe yeah. needed brass cojones to touch I mean maybe you needed to be a bit of a dick Aye, a bit of a bastard a bit, a bit of, of a, a bastard yeah. to do this job 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Look. You don't want to sit here and criticise the guy because the fact of the matter is Don McKay's probably signed a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if there's any leaks from his side of the story. Standard practice, really, but yeah. it, he is ultimately is a comms guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if something came out from yeah. his end, indirectly, of and course. I, I don't think there's anything from Celtic's end that's necessarily unfair to Don McKay. This, the, everything that Celtic, certainly the phone call we had with Celtic, it was very polite, very... It just sort of the stuff that you've read in the newspapers. Like, His dream job, he described it as the only it's my reason. dream job I know. <laughs> Give me a shot. Yeah, I'll like get loads anyway of suits. qualified. What? Well, Neither part, was he. Apart from the suit. Well, I'm probably more qualified than Tom. Clearly now. But Tell you what, I'd last, I, I would last 12 weeks in that job. Because of your cojones. Because of my cojones. That's the only thing I've got. <laughs> it lasts longer than that, just locking yourself in the office, just <laughs> barricading yourself Gordon in. Gordon Stratton's going to be there longer than he's <laughs> on a part-time basis. Uh, we made a joke in the Reaction Podcast about um, Gordon Stratton being a sort of Columbo figure. Yeah, that was a good wee skit. Eh? Just going about... Oh, did you listen to that so much? <laughs> just going about um, Celtic. And I think that's probably quite accurate. Have you seen what they're spending on petrol? Have you seen what they're spending on ketchup uh, in this? In this? He's like, oh, I don't really... He's no good. Look, end of the day, Don McKay has departed... The, the building he's gone then uh, I would I don't know I don't know what he did if he managed to do anything whilst he was at the club obviously there's a lot to get done it's very difficult he, yeah. he came with the best intentions and it's you know it's, you feel for the guy because it's no. it's a high profile job that he's lost and it's it's very easy for three guys who've never achieved anywhere near as much as Don McKay has in the world of podcasts in the world of game. I mean in podcasts yeah. I mean Don he could he he can do what we do. You know, can he reach the heights? Well, why do you think they came here in the first place? Exactly. They came here can, he, can he reach the heights of the, the 20 minute terms of the podcast world? But he's in business. Oh, he's, he's useless. He's this, he's that. That's that's not Don McKay personally. It's just in the Celtic job. He obviously just couldn't get it done. Well, joking aside, of course, it is, <coughs> it's, it is a shame that, that it's worked out. For, obviously, as fans, again, we, we talk about suits far too much for, for my liking, mm. forced to by, by Celtic's shenanigans. But ultimately, we wanted the guy to do well because it was a. Uh, this is what we were promised. It was yeah, the brave, yeah. the brave new world and all that. But he's gone, and it, it's 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 embarrassing for him as well because there's no way he would have planned to be out of a job within yeah. what is it seventy two days or whatever yeah. the hell it is. So it's embarrassing from that point of view as well. I'm sure he's probably smarting over it or whether maybe he's just relieved to get out of the place. Who knows? I'm sure that'll come out. Probably, but it's probably. <laughs> I can imagine there's a there's a bit mutual. Mm, I can imagine yeah. even he. At times, John Celtic was like, this place is like, he's probably come in here with all these good ideas and he's probably thinking, these guys just, they, all they want is just to do things the way it's always been done. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose, look, again, time will tell, but see if in a couple of months' time we're sitting there with Ian Nicholson still in the job and Gordon Stratton just so happens to be yeah. made director of football, you go that, <laughs> right, we're going to, need to maybe revisit the fact that Don yeah. McKay wasn't very good at his yeah, job. Yeah, you're right, time will tell. It's just like the transfer window. In a yeah. couple of months we'll tell how good the transfer window was. In a couple of months we'll tell, you know, whoever comes in at the job, whether or not they do, they do what's required. But I, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, this fallout over the director of football, whether it was Celtic don't want one or whether it was they didn't want the director of football that Don McKay was proposing or whatever happened, the fallout over the director of football, it's impossible for a club like Celtic to operate without one. Yeah. yeah. Well, clearly, look at the summer. Yeah. <laughs> if 12 players in, what, 16 out, that massive turnover, and even though like, we're struggling to get a bench at the weekend, it's not full of boys from the youth team. So. Mm. And we're not being reactionary here. This is what we said all along. It's absurd for a club of Celtic size. And the, Any the, club? The, yeah, exactly. But, but the markets and the, the level that Celtic hope to or purport to operate at there's no way they should be running a club with what was essentially Peter Lovell and Neil Lennon just, just yeah. guiding the guiding the ship last season that's what they've looked to have done this season it was just Don McKay and Ange Postacoglu and no, it's it's Ange. no it's just Ange <laughs> it's just Ange the broad shoulders of Ange Postacoglu carrying the whole thing well 
He's obviously quite comfortable with that because, as I said, they seem to be quite clear in setting the message straight after the Ross County game. A choice, does it? <laughs> well, do you? Th- I did consider that, right? But I also think Andrew's going to go and just see it and to placate the newspapers or placate the fans. No, I think if he was angry not. or upset or pissed off, he didn't have to. You know, he didn't have to say it. But what he didn't have to say was, "Let's be careful of the narrative about who brought me to this club." Because that to me is a clear message. That that, that's fair enough that he, brought him to the club. he said that. But at the end of the day, Celtic exists to win football games, <laughs> and if that stops happening in the near future, we're already three points behind. If results start to go wrong. It's not going to be Ange that gets it. It's going to be back on the board well, because it. of all this. So they well, have to pressure. be very careful. But, and that's it. And that's you don't want the pressure on the manager because after the upheaval in the summer, he's already up against it this season. 25 points behind mm-hmm. Rangers. Or 25 points to make up on. 12 players in trying to build a new team. And now this, you're like, oh man. I think, I think the pressure is on Ange. I do think it the pressure is on him because you need, because see as long as this train keeps going down the line and people keep winning and people, the team keep winning football games, the, the fans will be happier than they were apart from all the crap that's going on in the background. But the minute this team stops winning football games, that's when the focus turns back on absolutely everything. We did luckily, Stephen, get the win against Ross County. 3-0 three, three at the weekend. Um, Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't the best of games. It was a bit perfunctory. It didn't feel like a 3-0 game. We were at it. We were all at it, obviously. Watched it. A lot of the new lineups that we brought in, a lot of the new players, rather, that we brought in in January featured in the lineup. Carter Vickers, Juranovic was there. Jota was there. Um, Albina Yeti, almost yep. like a new signing, starting up, <laughs> yeah. starting up front. What did you make of the new signings in the lineup? Uh, yeah, good. I'm a mixed bag, which mm-hmm. is always going to be the case with so many either debutants or making their home debut or guys who, have, I mean, you, you remarked during the game that this, after a certain amount of players, I think after Rogic went off, yeah. there was an, basically an entire new team of players that had beaten here at maximum 14 or 15 months or so, just going back to last season. So it's it's a new look team and it's always going to be a bit of a mixed bag trying to get that to gel. Overall, the game, I thought it was just... A good win to get, don't get me wrong, it's good. It's always good to get back on winning ways and all that because we've dropped a couple recently, most notably against Rangers and you know, Alkmaar was not was a big deal, of course, to lose that game, but still still two defeats very recently. Good to get back to winning ways, but I think the game overall was one of those games that, from experience of doing this for a long time, I'm talking about all the games and mm. watching them a couple of times and analysing them to death, seasons are just made up of those. Oh, Se- yeah. Seasons are made up of those games that you just... Turn up, get the three points, keep a clean sheet, hopefully don't get any injuries, move on, and no one's going to remember it come mm. the end of the season. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we can win the league back. No one's going to be casting back to that time we sort of laboured to a, a three points against yeah. Ross County. Because I, I don't mean to imply that it was a terrible performance. It just wasn't great. It just mm. wasn't up to the standard of what we've seen recently. But huge changes to the team. Key players either having left or are missing, such as Kyogo. And still get the job done pretty handily. Look, on the positives, Melly, if you are worried or concerned about being sacked from your job about controversial tweets, <laughs> the Ross County manager is a bastion of example <laughs> to everyone to show you that you can be reformed and you can find gainful employment after uh, saying nasty words. Um, <laughs> what did you make of the Celtic lineup? Uh, the All li- the new guys, rather. I was excited about the lineup because of the. Because of the new guys mainly, and it sort of looked like, right, that's the window shut. This is the start of this team. Yeah. A few players to come back from injury and that. But excited, just that bench really worried me because of the lack of options there. But we were missing Jackie Marcus, Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Julian, Ralston. That's near enough a bench yeah. there itself. So... And then we had guys like McCarthy on the bench. So there, there is options there at Celtic. It's not him, it's the other one. McCarthy. McCarthy, <laughs> McCarthy. Yeah. May as well have signed him and all when you're not do that. <laughs> so in that way, but with the new signings that started, Carter Vickers is a big unit of a boy, oh, I think. They see the back on the guy? Uh, <laughs> a ninja turtle? Back like a barrel of snakes. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, boy deadlifts, didn't he? So <laughs> he knows where the weights are. <laughs> I think he'll... In, in that way be suited to the game still I think Blair a scout said aerially he's a bit worried about mm-hmm. him so time will tell on that one I thought Juranovic had a poor first half yeah, but came, it, came into it in the second half Jota good first Can half vice versa. but fell out mm-hmm. it and so there was things there but it just it was the, the lack of options it just it wasn't quite working for Celtic into that second half and I was looking at the bench going 
what can we really do here mm. to change anything? But luckily we did get the goal a bit fortuitously. But Screamer. Absolute pile oh, driver from absolute distance. Roaster. But the, in the performance, that yes, it was 3-0, but going back to last season, we either wouldn't have won that game or there was no way we'd have won yeah. that 3-0, oh, but yeah. we looked pretty comfortable in the end. I don't think there was any ever a chance Celtic were losing that game. No, it no. was just... You, they might have scored, but that would have been it. Yeah. Watching it back, it's not as bad as being it because you get that wee bit more anxious and you yeah. go, oh, this could be one of those days and there's still like 25 minutes to go in there. But uh, they got the job done in the end and it was just good. It's an easy game for guys to come in and have the first start. I mean, even Juranovic's first start was at Ibrox. This yeah. is him. He's had his Celtic And his natural position yeah. as well. And all, all the way, just before, in case I forget, Joe Hart, another save that yeah. kept Celtic yeah. in well, the game. That was the next nil. thing I was wanting to talk about. So I'm glad you brought up. Let's talk about, let's talk about goodwill, Stephen. Um, Joe Hart and Albina Yeti, two players that have got a lot of goodwill from the Celtic support. It would seem, I mean, we were saying in the, before the game, I can't count can't quite pinpoint why, but we were saying on the on the reaction podcast we do a portion before the game and after the game um, that you know just we just want a yeti to do well and that is uh, going on Twitter and having a look that is the overriding reaction people just want Albania yeti to do well and obviously the manager wants them to do well saying he was working yeah. his socks off midweek saying that um, in the game he wasn't going for him he stuck in we something the manager spoke about as well we spoke about a lot of the deliveries didn't seem to suit a Jenny no, no. but he managed to get a couple of poachers goals which is what we hoped for him and then Joe Hart as well when Joe Hart signed there is no doubt that there was a lot of people out there that did not want Joe Hart in a Celtic shirt yeah. there was all this stuff about the ball at the feet and all the other stuff that the we, he's left he's is, left, is left same where was that another one to his left um, uh, we called them the calculator shaggers jokingly <laughs> like there was like people from that aspect of the Celtic support that just Joe Hart is the wrong signing for Celtic but ever since he's come in I'm calm now. I've got there's a lot of goodwill towards Joe Hart. And you could tell when he got that captain's armband, there was like a ripple of applause going through the stadium. Like he actually, like he deserved it. Like he was a natural fit for it. Huge applause for the save he made as well. Which is yeah. again, it's like it's one of those saves you would probably expect a keeper to make. It was a good save, but it wasn't like something other you would fans s- would expect keepers to make. We yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in general, football fans <laughs> would expect a keeper to make that, but we we have been robbed of that for quite some time. But it, it was a good save. But even that, you you watch the game back. And there's the, the huge like, kind of ripple of applause or cheers from from directly behind the goals as well, and it's it's it's, it's really nice to see with Joe Hart because I think we were talking on the way back from the game about how I think Celtic fans just in general, I'm sure it's the same with other clubs. I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. We're obviously just closer to this situation, but we just like that. We just like that kind of story where a guy comes and sort of resurrects his career, yeah. and he's a He's a big personality, which we obviously like in our keepers as well. Like one of the most popular keepers we've ever had was Arthur Boric, who was a cracking keeper as well. I don't mean to imply that he was just a big personality, but he, he married those things very well. Yeah, yeah. He was a, an incredibly impressive keeper, but also a huge personality that, that got the fans behind him. Joe Hart, he's not, he's not quite as combustible, he's not quite as unpredictable mm-hmm. as, as Arthur Boric, but he's a, a big character yeah, to have on the pitch. He's very leader we needed, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, that's a, he's a leader. He's very vocal, very active in the games, you know, giving shouts to people left, right and centre or against defence. It's exactly all the, the, the things we thought we were getting with Joe Hart. He sort of delivered with, with him and we're quite pleased to see it. Um, really good to see a manager that's willing to give Cal McGregor some time off. Oh, S- <laughs> I, was, I was shocked at that at the time. I was like, why is he taking him off? And then I was like, Oh, this is how other teams yeah. do it. This is what they don't run that because we've seen it last year with even Scott Brown. You're like, just take him off. But mm. MD would be better right now because he can't run. And McGregor, I think he played two full games for Scotland during the week. And I think yeah. he came on as a sub for the other one. So that was like three games in six days for the guy. And we yeah. all know how much football he's played. And that's us lost Kyogo, who's already played half a season in Japan and came straight here. So Does it worry you how different the team is without Kyogo? Because I think our performance there was a lot down to the fact Kyogo was missing. He is the catalyst for this team. Definitely. It's very hard to replicate that. Yeah, you can't can, you can't just put any player in that position and expect a Kyogo performance. That's just impossible. Mm-hmm. So that that takes me back to a Yeti because yeah, there is a, there's still goodwill f- f- certainly from this part of the world, from this table towards a Yeti. Um, we, we all hoped he would do well. Me in particular, I'm just I'm still 
seething about Charlie Adam having written him off yeah, as soon as he signed. Damn. So I'm still bristling about that. So I just kind of wanted to prove that wrong. He's not really done much in his Celtic career to date, but he got two goals there. But I do understand the... I thought it was pretty terrible the rest of the game. There's a little bit of um, debate after the game as to whether it was a good performance from him despite mm. the goals. And I think I think both of those things can exist. It, just like you can say Celtic didn't play that well, but still get a good win. I think I get to get both of those goals, but you, I'm not going to say it was terrible because he got two goals, two crucial goals. But I think from that you can glean, from the performance, you can glean how he's likely to play in the future. Yeah. And that's... I don't think it was good enough. So that's, I think no. going forward, he needs to, to do more. But I, I mean, you can't criticise the two goals he got. It's, it's going to be a, a difficult one here because he's never going to do what Kyogo does. No, he, no. he doesn't have that in his game, but he can do other things. And it just, I think I've seen on sports scene, he had 15 touches and got two goals. Mm. And while that's good, it's Ross County at home. You yeah. need to be either pushing them back and creating space or dropping in and bouncing it off to your number 10 and the two wide players and or just making those runs Kyogo makes, not yeah. giving the defenders a minute. And I just don't think he, he did that. But on the other hand, if it was Kyogo or Edward in the situations where he got his two goals from, I'm not sure they scored those goals. This yeah. is why... The goodwill we have is is because like guys like Bio and that you just you never seen anything. Yeah. But with Ayeti, you can see well, he's got an eye for goal because we've seen him come in and score goals last year. Just the, the performances dropped, the injuries hit, it, and everything was terrible. So if Celtic can get everything else around Ayeti, firing. They'll create fit, fit and firing. Fit and firing. <laughs> They'll create chances for him, but he's still a like, young player. Well, he didn't play well. 24. He didn't have chances created for yeah, him. That's, which I will say for. that's what we were talking about in the first half. Like the, all these long ball, not long balls, but the sort of crosses into the box. There was yeah. nothing really solid for a Yeti to, to feed off of. Well, on new boy Cameron mm. Carter Vickers, uh, I was impressed with him, and it kind of what what I wanted towards the end of the transfer window was a centre half in there wasn't that much noise about it we'd been linked with Cameron Carter Vickers a couple of times yeah. it wasn't him specifically I wanted but the profile of the guy I wanted Celtic to bring in at such a late juncture was kind of the I think a couple of the examples he used were the, the Encham or the Frimpong type profile meaning that he's quite young but a guy who's old enough to play but has maybe just been held back but just behind better players at the yeah. club he's at that, that was the kind of guy I mean and Carter Vickers suits that perfectly he's more than old enough to be staking a claim somewhere he's been on loan six or seven times yeah. I think this is seventh loan played plenty at Bournemouth last season he, he actually, I didn't realise he's played this season as well he played in a European qualifier for Spurs so he's ready to hit the ground running mm. which he appears to have done with Celtic so, a cramp but at the end uh, he I did know, yeah. I, he's, he's carrying that upper body a bit yeah. right enough he's a, he's a, a big old lad but a guy like that coming in just suddenly and we're talking about goodwill a, a guy like that all of a sudden just reassures me so much because prior to that it was Stephen Welsh and Starfield mm. with Julian in the distant future God knows what's going to happen with him don't know what condition he's going to turn up in but bringing a guy like that in who's slotted straight into the team and played well a uh, good range of passing on him by the looks of it got a screamer of a goal as well <laughs> um, a guy who can come in settle in looks like he's been here for a while all of a sudden, you're like, well, start. Cameron Carter-Vickers couldn't remember his name. Mm. Carter-Vickers, Starfelt, Welsh, and then Julian, somewhere yeah. off in the distance. Hey, don't forget the man. Beat on. <laughs> it all of a sudden just feels a lot better, doesn't it? Yeah. Just with the addition I of that one guy. I feel better knowing that beat on is miles away. Out of sight. We end up in midfield right enough because Sorrow's been rotten recently. But Bowling goalie is another one who... With Montgomery coming off the bench, bowling goalies now what skills as well. Skills fourth or fifth. McGregor fifth choice yeah. late, left back. <laughs> well, well, out the picture. That and that, I suppose this is a good place to sort of wrap up in summary because what is disappointing is we look as if we're making progress on the pitch, but that progress needs backed up. Yes, by yeah, what's yeah, going on certainly. in the background off the pitch is very fragile. And we can't have a basket case in the back and expect 11 or 12 guys, 13 guys, whatever it is in the pitch. I know there's 11 players in the pitch, but I was trying to add up the subs as well. <laughs> um, to keep winning and keep doing it with all this crap happening in the background. So that's where the priorities lie now for yep. Celtic, getting this stuff 
sorted in the background. I think there's going to be a lot of change for Celtic. Everything points to, and all the rumours that we've heard is a point to a new chairman coming in, new non-executive directors. The most this is the most boring thing you can ever talk <laughs> about in a, a, a football podcast. See, see if, you do, if you do us one favour, Celtic, right? Go to just prevent us from talking about this, <laughs> please. Please put us out our misery so we don't have to talk about this anymore. We want to sit here. And have a at the end of the season, we want to have a title party in the studio. Yeah. So that's what we want from you, Celtic. The other three of us, last podcast of the season, Bevy. Oh, I'll do it, right? Mariachi band. We'll Mariachi. smash fuck out each other. We'll have <laughs> fireworks and during the day. We'll wreck <laughs> really? the city centre and wreck the oh, place. Oh, you want to be like uh, the Rangers fans. And on that, Hunshell, bombshell, <laughs> we shall wrap up. I just want to say thank you so much for you guys for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with us. No video the last couple of weeks because various reasons we've been ill and all that sort of stuff. International break as well. Lots coming up. Celtic have got Betis midweek um, as we enter the Europa League group stages. We will be scouting, professionally scouting, all of Celtic's Europa League opponents for the Patreon. We'll have a podcast out detailing what we can expect, how they can hurt us, how we can hurt them, all that sort of stuff. A full profile of the teams that we're playing as well as all the players we've signed have been fully scouted. All of that is on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims and that's why you see us here because this studio with the camera and all that stuff was because we're supported by by our, our lovely patrons and we really appreciate it. Melly, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Yes, seeing as you always seem to frame it as a yes or no question, yes I would. <laughs> and Enjoy the week folks because we've got a lot, a lot of good stuff oh, coming up. I'm, yes. I'm really looking forward to the Betis game actually. It's a, it's a tasty wee European tie. Live preview. So we're back with video content exclusive for the Patreon doing a live preview of the Betis game we'll obviously have the reaction to the Betis game as well patreon.com slash 20 minute times and next week bold predictions <laughs> I've been teasing this for so long yeah. it's time to unleash them thank you for listening a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.